Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to our GSP Ace of the Day segment presented by DraftKings. Remember, if you are ready to get in on the action, the DraftKings Sportsbook is your place to turn to. You can find everything you're looking for, whether it be the money lines, game spreads, futures bets you can place on this 2022 U.S. Open, or maybe you're gearing up for football season. I know I'm excited for my Michigan Wolverines to kick off play on Saturday. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to balance watching that with all of the incredible tennis that's slated for day six of the U.S. Open. Of course, pro football on the horizon as well. The point being, if you're ready to put your knowledge to the test, the DraftKings Sportsbook is the place for you. You go there today and place a $1 bet using our promo code AOD. You'll get $100 in free bets to play with however you'd like for the start of the aforementioned football seasons or again to utilize during this 2022 U.S. Open. A major shout out to our friends at DraftKings for their support of this show. We are happy to have them back on our Crack Rackets team. That said, I have to step up my game. Saying the results out loud of this Ace of the Day segment is enough to make this podcast host cry. So we're going to keep a forward-looking perspective here at Cracked Rackets. Certainly now we've gotten the opportunity to watch each of these players play two matches. Feel like I have a much better grasp on everyone's level on how this surface may impact some of the results we see unfold as such. We're, as always, we're keeping a glass half full perspective here on this show. And as I like to do on this Ace of the Day segment, I want to preview all of Day Six's matches at the 2022 U.S. Open. Of course, I want to offer my Aces of the Day. I've got three more for you, three winners in my mind, certainly, that I'll talk through to start the show, explain my reasoning, talk through the matchup, talk about where each player is statistically, as well as the results they've put forward here in this 2020. Season, then I want to run through the rest of the board. And that means previewing every match, at least from a singles perspective, that will be played on Saturday, September 3rd at the U.S. Open. Now, it's not going to be five minutes on each of these matches, it'll range from about 30 seconds to two minutes on. Each match, depending on what intrigues me the most. That said, I do want to try and make these shows a preview podcast as well as me offering my picks. So to any new listeners we've picked up along the way, A, welcome to our Crack Rackets family. It's great to have you here. and Hopefully, you'll stick around even after the action in New York comes to a close. But B, again, my plan for this show, start with my three aces of the day, then run through the rest of the day's matches. With that said, let's get into day six 
of this 2022 U.S. Open. Third round play in singles, 16 matches, and I'm recording this Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern time. Felt much more manageable today to at least watch, again, 15 minutes of every match that unfolded. And, of course, I have the privilege of that being my job all day long. I'm supposed to watch all of these matches, be able to break them down for all of you listeners when we recap each day of the Open on our mini-break podcast feed. Snuck in a plug. You weren't sure I was going to be able to do it, but rest assured, listeners, I always am. It does feel a little bit more manageable when there are only 16 matches as such. Live betting certainly a little bit easier as this tournament progresses because you are able to watch the form of each of these players. And if an underdog gets off to a quick start, you can say, hey, maybe I should be backing this player through the rest of this match or... If a favorite gets off to a slow start, you can say, well, I watched that set and he played atrociously, so I'm going to hold out and stay confident in the wager that I placed. That said, as I alluded to yesterday, I would highly advise everyone participating in these Ace of the Day picks to place some value in the live bet. And by that, what I mean is you place your initial bet. And then as the match progresses with our friends at the DraftKings Sportsbook, you have the opportunity to place live bets on the match as the match is progressing. If you do think one player has a clear advantage, why not double down on that player? If you think the player you bet against does look better, why not hedge your bets? And the the ideal scenario is you bet on an underdog, they win the first set, the other player becomes an underdog, you bet on both players, you kick your feet up, you're winning money no matter what, you get to enjoy the match. So just a reminder of the mathematical advantages that come with live betting. Certainly, if you want to end up in the positives, you probably have to do some live betting down the home stretch of this 2022 U.S. Open. With that said, again, 16 singles matches. I've got three picks involving four matches for all of you listeners today. Let's start with Marin Cilic, who has been sneaky really good throughout the course of this 2022 season. You look for Cilic, who's now 27-15 and 15 overall on the year. He reached round four. At the Australian Open earlier this season, I believe he was knocked out by Felix in that fourth round. He also, of course, reached the semifinals at Roland Garros, where he beat Medvedev. He beat Rublev before getting knocked out by Kasper Ruud in four sets. Wasn't able to play Wimbledon. COVID result, unfortunately, tested positive, for knocked him out of the event at the start. But let's not forget, Marin Cilic going into that Wimbledon was one of the favorites entering the event. Certainly, he reached a semifinal in his one grass court warm-up, which is about what you need to see from him, given his pedigree as a former Wimbledon finalist. It's been a pretty solid summer for him as well. Round of 16 in Canada, knocked out by Tommy Paul. Round of 16 in Cincinnati, knocked out by Carlos Alcaraz. No shame in either of those losses for Marin Cilic, who has gotten good wins over Chorich, Hachinov, Rusevori, all top 50 or better players on hard courts here this summer. You know, Marin Cilic continues to play excellent ball, even at this stage of his career. Yes, he turns 34 years old at the end of this month, but he's holding 85% of the time, which ranks 14th amongst top 50 players and is a 1.2% above his career average. Now, the break percentage has dipped a bit, but by less than a percent. For his career, he's 22.6. This season, he's 22.1. So he's serving as well as he ever has, and he's still returning about average, as he has throughout the course of his career. I do think at this stage, he is more decisive, though, 
in attacking on his plus one ball and playing on his front foot and being aggressive from the start. He can't rely on his mobility fluidity the way he could when he was 24, 25, 26 years old. I think Chilich was the prototype body type wise, athleticism wise for Daniil Medvedev. Chilich isn't that player anymore, but he is that effective with his first serve. He is that definitive with his plus one ball. You look for him this season, he's winning 78.6% of his first serve points. It's the second best number of his career. Excuse me, third best number of his career, but those two best numbers, 2016, 2017, that would be smack dab in the middle of the Chilich prime. I just think he's even more efficient than he's ever been in his career. And again, the three out of five set format, he's thrived in making at least round four of the two majors he played this season. And now he's into round three here of the U.S. Open. He's yet to drop a set in wins over Max Martyr, Albert Ramos, Vinolas. He has looked solid through his first two matches. But of course, now he has his first test as the 15th seed Chilich going to take on number 20 seed Dan Evans. It's been a good year for Dan Evans overall. You look for Evans who... Drops a set to James Duckworth, but straight set win over Vesely in round number one. And you look for Evans overall on the season, 26-19. and 19. Made that run to the semifinals in Canada and, you know, had some success on the ch- at the challenger level on the grass courts as well. Despite a disappointing first round loss to Kubler at Wimbledon. It's just been another solid top 40 season for Dan Evans, where he gets to play all the big events, seated at the majors, uh, where you want to be at this stage of your career. Now, for Dan Evans, though, this is the point where he struggled. This is why he's a top 40, top 20, you know, ranked 25 to 40 sort of guy and not a guy who's a top 25 guy. You look for Dan Evans, 3-10 in his career against top 20 opponents at the Slams. He's 21-40 versus the top 20 overall on hard courts. He's won three in a row, but obviously a lot of that success came in Canada, and he had lost his 12 prior to winning three in a row. And again, getting past the third round of a major has been something Evans has struggled with throughout the course of his career. Evans, 2-7 and seven in round three of majors in his career. I suppose some other fun numbers for you. I mentioned the record against the top 20 opponents. He's 22 and 26 versus players over 6 foot 4, 16 and 19 at the tour level. You know, the reason I bring that up, obviously Marin Cilic is over 6 foot 4 and at this stage of his career really does go after the first serve, go after the plus 1 forehand the way you would anticipate a tall player would. You know, he has the sort of weapons that regardless of how steady Dan Evans is with his one-handed backhand, it's just a tough matchup for any one-handed backhand to have to deal with that relentless power over and over again. And, you know, for Chilich at this stage of his career, what he wants more than anything is time. And the Dan Evans slice, while tough to deal with, will offer Marin Chilich time to run around the ball and get on his front foot when hitting the forehand. You look for Chilich, 54-25 and 25 in his career against players with one-handed backhands who are ranked outside the top 20. Now, why did I say outside the top 20? I tried to filter out all the Roger Federer type results Chilich has played over the years. He's nine and seven versus players with one-handed backhands at slams. That includes a couple of losses to Roger Federer. That said, again, he's holding 85% of the time this season. And I just think, excuse me, the relentlessness of his attacking game, I just think it's going to wear Dan Evans down 
And so part of this wager is not extraordinarily numbers reliant. Part of it is what I've seen with my eyes. And for Evans, yes, he returned well against Yuri Vesely, but you know, he struggled with James Duckworth in finding easy opportunities to play offense on in his return games. And I just think that challenge becomes that much more pronounced against someone with the weapons of Marin Cilic. I also think, again, Dan Evans is a guy who thrives on precision. He's going to place the ball in the right spot. He's not going to overwhelm you with power. Cilic still strikes the ball as well as ever. The thing is, if you have power to hit him off his spot, that's where you know he begins to show his age a bit more. I just think this is a good matchup for Chilich, and I know I've been wrong about matchups throughout the course of this tournament. I think this is where things turn around, folks. Glass half full, always, on this Ace of the Day segment. Let's take Marin Chilich, who, via the money line, a little too juicy. Marin Chilich, minus 190 to knock out Dan Evans tomorrow for what it's worth via the tennis abstract formula. Marin Chilich, also a slight favorite, 57.2% over Dan Evans. The most value is with the game spread. And if you think Chilich is going to win, he's more than likely going to cover a two and a half game spread because I just don't see a world where Marin Chilich throws away a six love third set or a six one fourth set. I just think his serve will keep sets close even if he ultimately ends up on the losing end of a set. And because of that, I think if he wins the match, he'll cover a two and a half game spread for sure. Chilich, please deliver us a victory. We're taking you minus two and a half games. It's the all eyebrow gang. Minus 130 are the odds for that two and a half games. Again, that's more valuable than it's minus 190 game spread. And I'm not comfortable enough, 100% certain he's going to win. He could win a blowout set, lose the match, but still cover this game spread. Two and a half games gives us something to play with. We'll put 1.3 units on it to win one in return. That's ace of the day number one. Ace of the day number two, another men's third round game spread. Let's go with Francis Tiafo over Diego Schwartzman. And again, much of this case is matchup based, and it's what I've seen with my eyes through the first two rounds of this event. Francis Tiafo has looked damn good through his first two rounds of play here in New York. You look for Tiafo straight set wins over Marcos Giron as well as Jason Kubler. It's been a good year for Francis Tiafo overall this season. You look for Francis now. He's 23-18 and 18 overall on the year, but you look for Tiafo, the big thing for him, 13-6 and six in first matches this season. He's putting himself in position to play the best players in the world, even if he's not always beating them. And I mean, you look for Tiafo, good win over Berrettini before a three-set loss to Corda in Cincinnati, good win over Benjamin Bonzi before a three-set loss to Fritz in Canada loses to Kyrgios in three sets in Washington, D.C. Obviously, Kyrgios goes on to win the title there, lost to Brooksby in Atlanta. Brooksby, a finalist at that event. You know, Francis also made round of 16 at Wimbledon. He's playing good ball here in this 2022 season. And look, Francis has always been a primetime performer. At the slams, you look for Tiafos 32 and 29 in his career, despite playing his first slam main draws at 17, 18 years old. Since the start of 2021, second round Australia, 
in 2021 again i just want to go or i guess i should say since august 2020 when you know coming back he makes or we go to january 2019 when tiafo makes the australian open quarterfinal there you know fourth round u.s open in 2020 third round wimbledon 2021 fourth round u.s open last year fourth round wimbledon this year you look for Francis. I think the big thing, he hasn't lost a first-round match at a slam since 2021. And you look at who the losses have been to, his last five losses at the slams. Or I suppose we could do his last. I mean, let's just go through the list. Zverev, Medvedev, Medvedev, a seeded Jan Leonard Struff, Novak Djokovic, Stevie Johnson, Karen Hachinov, Felix, a seeded Fritz, and then Gofen, Gofen this season. Seven of the 10 losses, pretty darn good. You have to be an elite player to beat Francis Tiafo at the slams because three out of five sets, the guy is just a monster physically. And watching him against Giron, watching him against Kubler, his serve, his plus one forehand, it just gives him a plan A, a way for him to win easy free points. And then that affords him the luxury of playing the defensive, improvisational, extraordinary athletic tennis that he's capable of playing in his return games and making the magic happen there while knowing, okay, if it's not happening, I can still rely on my plan A, which is that serve, that plus one forehand, the pressure he puts on you by moving forward. Francis has played good ball through his first two matches. Again, two straight set victories for a guy who's been really good at the U.S. Open and very solid at the slams this season, uh, over the course of the past few seasons. He's taken on a Diego Schwartzman, who, in my opinion, just hasn't been that great throughout the course of this 2021. You look for Schwartzman, he's holding 69.6% of the time. That's his lowest number since 2015, which was his first full-time season on the ATP Tour. And, of course, was seven years ago. So it's his lowest hold percentage in seven years. He's holding uh, – breaking serve 33.3% of the time, which ranks first, of course, amongst top 50 players on the ATP Tour. But you transition that to uh, his numbers against elite competition. That break percentage against top 50 opponents goes from 33.3 to 27.8. Uh, against top 20 opponents, it dips to 17%. Uh, he's been better than that returning Serbian against elite competition in years prior. I just don't think Schwartzman's been great throughout the course of this year. And I think when you look for Diego Schwartzman, who's 2-8 and eight against top 20 opponents this season, 11-12 and 12 against the top 50 this year, he struggled. You know, again, I, I just think he, there's a little less oomph on his ball, a little less... You know, I, I still think he's fairly, you know, he's as quick as he's ever been. And I still think he moves pretty well in and out of corners. But I think he's maybe a quarter of a second slower. And a guy his size just cannot afford to lose any of the physicality that has separated him from the rest of the field. I also think Schwartzman's been bad in his first two victories. Now, he ultimately wins his first round match after dropping the first set 6-3 and 7-5 to Jack Sock. Sock forced to retire with a back injury. But Sock was better. The serve, the forehand of Sock were the two biggest weapons on the court, and he was using the strength of his ball to dictate and to dominate Schwartzman physically in that match. And then, you know, against Alexi Popperin, it was the same deal. The serve, the forehand for Popperin were the two biggest weapons on the court. And Popperin must have had 20 chances to put volleys away, and he just wasn't a good enough volleyer to put Diego Schwartzman away. And Schwartzman got a plethora of looks at secondary passing shots, and Schwartzman is still too good on those second passes if you give him a second chance. 
I think Tiafo is a better volleyer than Alexi Paparin. I think Tiafo is far fitter than Jack Sock. He's kind of the best of both worlds in the two opponents Schwartzman has already faced. And Schwartzman has not looked good facing this game style thus far. I also think, and I believe this match is scheduled as a night match, a night match for Francis Tiafo in New York. The crowd loves Diego. The crowd's going to get up for this match. There's going to be a ton of energy. Tiafo thrives in that energy. And you look for Tiafo, who's one and two in his career against Diego Schwartzman, but beat him the last time they played in Antwerp. Do I think this match could be will be close? Not could, will be close. Absolutely. Do I trust the serve, the forehand, the physicality of Tiafo a little bit more than I do Diego Schwartzman right now? I absolutely do. And again, on hard courts this year, Schwartzman's been fine overall on the season. I mentioned that 11 and 12 record for him uh, on against top 50 opponents on hard courts overall this year. Diego Schwartzman nine and six with you know a couple of puzzling losses: Albert Ramos, Vino Loss, and Christopher O'Connell. You look for Francis Tiafo overall this season on the hard courts. He's been. Pretty darn rock solid. Francis Tiafo 12 and 9 overall on the hard courts this season. And the only head scratching loss you would say maybe Sarundolo three sets in Miami, but Francisco Sarundolo went on to make the semifinals of that Miami event. The other losses for him again, Kyrios, Fritz, Corda, Brooksby. you know, Rublev, Fritz, Tommy Paul, and Tanasi Kokonakis in his first match of the year. It's been a pretty rock solid. Again, I think Francis has been better on hard courts this year. Certainly, you look at the numbers for Tiafo on hard courts this season. He's holding 81.8% of the time. He's breaking 16.6. For Schwartzman, he's holding 72.7% of the time, breaking 28.7. Total points won on hard courts this year. Diego Schwartzman winning 50.1%. Interesting. Francis Tiafo, 496 Numbers aren't going to lead you in either way. And again, it's third round matches. When we look at the board, you either have lopsided favorites or a match where if you want to get in on the action, you got to go with your gut. And my gut tells me the serve, the forehand, the physicality. Tiafo's got the three biggest weapons on the court. And I just don't think Schwartzman from a matchup perspective, yes, the forehand to forehand exchange, you favor Schwartzman. But I don't think Diego has a serve to pressure the Tiafo forehand, which is almost a necessity when beating him. And I just think Francis is going to match the discipline of Schwartzman in this match. And I think Schwartzman has been itching to get knocked out of this U.S. Open. I think Tiafo is finally going to do him that favor. Give me Tiafo to win a tight match. That said, even if it's tight, I think he covers two and a half games, which is your game spread here. And you look at the money line. Between these two players tomorrow, certainly uh, more value being offered in the game spread. You look at the money line for Francis Tiafo, who is actually the slightest of favorites, minus 205 against Diego Schwartzman. You look, according to Tennis Abstract, Schwartzman a 53% favorite. The money says uh, Tiafo. The eye test says Tiafo. We're going to go with Francis Tiafo minus two and a half games at minus 140. We'll lay the full 1.4 units to win one in return. Come on, Francis. Come on, Chilich. Deliver us the goods as you always have here at Cracked Rackets. I've said it before. The very first podcast we did for Cracked Rackets, Marin Chilich 2017 Wimbledon final. It was memorable. I'm not going to say why because we need a Marin Chilich victory. But it was a memorable moment, obviously a memorable podcast for me. Um, certainly, 
I, I feel no shame in rooting for Chilich and Tiafo tomorrow. With that said, final ace of the day, ace number three, two women's matches I feel most confident in in places where I think I can get value. Let's start with Iga Sviantek, who is an overwhelming favorite tomorrow. You look for Iga. She's minus 1200 You got about $12 to win one in return for her to knock out American Lauren Davis. I love the matchup, though for Iga. I just, what is Davis going to do to hurt Iga Sviantek throughout the course of this match? And you look for Lauren Davis in her career, 5-12 and 12 against top, uh, tw- uh, excuse me, against top 10 opponents, 10-37 against the top 20. I just don't think Davis has the weapons to disrupt the rhythm of Iga at all. And what we've seen from Iga all season, when she beats people, she annihilates them. And for Iga, she covered, you know, she won by nine games in her first match. She won by seven games in her second match. And I still don't think she's played her best tennis. I think the serve's been a bit erratic. I think her forehand's still spraying on her a little bit. That said, again, against players ranked outside the top 50 this season. Iga Sviantek, 22-0. And in those matches, she's dropped just three sets against opponents ranked outside the top 50 this season. When Iga plays an opponent who doesn't have an overwhelming weapon to hurt her with, she overwhelms them. And for, I know you're going to say, well, what about Alizé Cornet and her speed at Wimbledon? Well, A, that's a grass court, not a hard court, where Iga is far more comfortable. And B, with all due respect, I don't trust the consistency of Lauren Davis as much as I do the consistency of Alizé Cornet. So I think Iga is going to win this match comfortably. Again, money line-wise, she's minus 1,200 according to the Tennis Abstract. Draft forecast, Iga, 93.7% favorite. I think Iga is going to cruise. You can get her at minus 5.5 games tomorrow, which, again, a 3-3 three and three victory. That's all she needs to cover. That's what Iga does for a living. Give me Iga minus five and a half games. Now, minus 15, uh, 215 is a lot of juice. And if you think she's really going to blow out Davis, you can get her minus six and a half games for minus 120. But instead, because I feel very confident in Iga covering that spread, let's parlay her. And we're going to do it with Jung Chin Wen, the Chinese teenager. Impressive victories over Ostapenko and Potapova thus far. It's crazy to think her third round match is her easiest on paper to date, but that's exactly what it is as she's taking on Julie Niemeyer, the talented 23-year-old German, of course, Niemeyer, into the third round of a second consecutive major. She reached quarterfinals at Wimbledon, beat Kontave, Wang Shiyu on her way to that quarterfinal, now wins over Kennan and Putenseva in straight sets to get to this round number three. Look, it's two power-centric players. And you look for Julie Niemeyer, who goes after the first strike, who definitely has plus power. Maybe not elite power, but plus power. She dictated. She imposed her will against both Kennan and Putenseva, forced them to be on their back foot from the start. You know, but Jung Chin Wen has more weapons than either of those two players. And it starts with the serve. And obviously, you look for Jung Chin Wen, who has been spectacular, only player to get a set off of Iga at the French Open, uh, reaches the third round of Wimbledon before getting knocked out by Rabakina, 6-5. and five. You know, for 19 years old, for her to go 32-14 and 14 overall in this year and quarterfinal Toronto, as she did in the warm-up to this U.S. Open, we all know it's, you know, 
when, not if, is Jung Chin-Wen going to be competing for Grand Slam titles? And one could argue she already is this season. If she gets a second crack at Iga, plays her close again in the fourth round of the U.S. Open, boy, would that be an exciting match. Now, again, it's been a breakout year for Nehemiah as well. He's 33-17 and 17 overall this season, won at 125K on clay earlier this year, 60K earlier in the year in Zagreb as well. Now she's playing tour-level matches, and by reaching the third round, she's back inside the top 100, which at 23 years old, that's where you want to be, getting to play tour-level events and test yourself against the best. What do I need to work on to sustain this level? I just think Jung Chin Wen has weapons that Niemeyer won't be accustomed to. And I said this on our mini break podcast, breaking down Jung Chin Wen's six and six win over Potapova, her three set win over Ostapenko in this tournament. As impressive as the slingshot serve is, her ability to play plus one, drive the ball through the court, she can move. You know, her ability to generate depth from defensive positions and defensive moments on court, that's what makes Jung Chin Wen special. It's not just the offense she can play. It's the combination of offense with the defensive skills that are clearly present. I just think her offense is better than Nehemiah's and her defense is far better than Nehemiah's. And when you're better at both things, I'm going to take you to win the match. And again, you look at the money line in this one. Obviously, people are a little tentative with the 19-year-old. She's played two physical matches thus far, but she's minus 215 tomorrow. We can get that down to minus 150 if we take the game spread, which we're going to do at minus two and a half games. Again, that's a straight set victory. Yeah, I know she just beat Potapova six and six. But I think this is actually going to be the first one where Jung Chin Wen really flexes her muscles in preparation for that Iga Sviantek match. So give me Jung Chin Wen, give me Iga to set up the blockbuster fourth round. We're going to take both of them to cover their game spreads. You parlay that together, plus 144 odds, much better than the individual value. We'll place half a unit on that to win 0.72. That's your third ace of the day. Now, with that in mind, as I alluded to at the top, I do want to preview the rest of day six's matches again 16 singles matches all third round action to enjoy on the day Jessica Pagula minus 700 favorite against Yua Yuan great run for Yuan who it's her first third round I believe at a major uh certainly in singles but does she have an overwhelming weapon to break the rhythm of Jessica Pagula? I would say the answer to that question is no. And as Alexandra Sasnovich saw, if you can't sustain elite aggression against Jessica Pagula, you're just not going to beat her because there are no flaws right now in Pagula's game. The 28-year-old third in the points race, I think she advances comfortably. And as I alluded to in our draw preview, I was most confident that Jessica Pagula was going to reach the fourth round of this major than any player in the men's or women's draw. She's proven me correct with her level thus far. Let's see if she can do it one more time tomorrow. Already mentioned my thoughts on Iga and Ch- uh, Jung Chin Wen. Vika versus Martich is interesting because Martich will be aggressive. Hit her serve, her plus one forehand, move in behind that ball. She did a great job of moving forward in her second round victory, an upset win over fourth seeded Paula Bedosa. But Vika hits the ball big enough from the baseline that that pace is going to give the Martich backhand trouble. And yeah, Petra likes to play that slice, and that slice will keep the ball out of Azarenka's strike zone. I also think pound for pound, Martich is as good of an athlete as any player you'll find on the WTA Tour. 
If Martic serves well, she'll keep the match close, but Azarenka looked great against Kostyuk, and Azarenka just is a disruptor, and she'll disrupt everything Petra wants to do. Now, again, if Petra serves well, can move forward, keep pressure on Vika, I like this match to go over two and a half sets. I also would like that about the Jung Chin Wen match. Uh, by the way, that Chin Wen Nia Myers plus 125 over two and a half sets. Martic Azarenka plus 135. Lean Vika, take the over. Sabalenka should be Purell. She's minus 650 tomorrow. Heavy favorite over 85% on tennis abstract. She survived the Kanapi match. Would nice, be nice to see her get back on track with a straight set win. Uh, I think Alizé Cornet is going to beat Danielle Collins tomorrow. Cornet a plus 140 underdog. Over two and a half sets in that match. Plus 145. Yeah, Collins has looked good in her two straight set victories. But she hasn't faced the sort of physicality that Cornet will bring to the court. And Cornet is just locked in right now. She reached the third round of every major this season for the first time in her career watching her in Cleveland she's just not making unforced errors she's going to force Collins to play her best and I just don't know what Collins best is right now so again I like the over there plus 145 but I would lean Cornet with the upset Kvitova minus 195 against Muguruza the overs plus 125 stay away who knows what Garbine Muguruza we're going to get even if she has looked pretty solid in her first two matches Kvitova obviously the beneficiary of a withdrawal from Kalanina in round number two and then Benchich Pliskova plus 140 on the over first servers plus 110 first serve plus one tennis going to be the name of the game Pliskova was unbelievable against Marie Buzkova in round number two Benchich was rock solid in a come from behind three set win over Serana Kirstea to pick him and there's a reason money lines minus 110 tomorrow according to the tennis abstract singles forecast that is your tightest match Benchich a 52.4 percent favorite according to tennis abstract with that said let's run through the rest of the men's matches we have tomorrow Boy, are there some blockbusters. Brooksby, Alcaraz, Alcaraz a minus 380 favorite. I mean, just so you know, there's an Alcaraz sinner, Cam Nori parlay, just kind of sitting as an appetizer. You know, that really fancy salami that's always on the appetizer platter at a fancy dinner where you're like, ooh, that does look good. Do I really want to take it, though? Do I want to be the guy who takes the fancy salami? Because everyone knows once it's off the plate, now you no longer have the allure of the salami. And I think the plate loses, what, 20% of its value. I mean, that's Alcaraz Brooksby for tomorrow's matchup. I mean, talk about just that juicy appetizer you've got on the on the table there, maybe even a main course. I mean, how does Alcaraz deal with the funkiness of Brooksby? How does Brooksby deal with the heaviness of that Alcaraz forehand? Will his forehand be overwhelmed by that top spin? How will he go about anticipating the Alcaraz drop shot? Does anyone anticipate as well as Jensen Brooksby? Mm. Mm, is that match appetizing? And again, more than anything, I like the over on that one. You can take it over, uh, I believe, what, uh, 34 and a half games. So if it goes four sets, minus 125. But I'm just enjoying that one as a tennis fan. Nori, minus 330 over Runa. They played a really close match in Cincinnati. Runa's had a couple days off after getting the withdrawal from Isner in the second round. Again, the over in that one, uh, healthy as well. 36 and a half games, minus 130. 
I mean, Nori should. Nori's just been a rock. There's been nothing vulnerable in his game thus far. Now, Runa has the sort of backhand. He'll be plenty comfortable going backhand to forehand exchanges with Nori. You know, neither of these guys. Who who creates better from the center of the court? It's Cam Nori. Neither of them are elite at creating from the center of the court. If Runa, and I'm sure he will be willing to last and lock in physically, this match has track meet written all over it. I wish you could take the over in total time because even if it's a straight set match, I think that match goes over three hours. I'll take the favorite Nori. I'll also take the favorite center, minus 265 over Nakashima. Again, the over in that one, 35 and a half games, minus 145. That juicy little parlay sitting there for all of us, an Alcaraz center Nori money line parlay plus 126. I mean, who loses? Is it Runa beats Nori? Is it Nakashima beats Sinner? Brooksby beats Alcaraz? I'd probably be most scared of Runa of those three, but... Man, those are three appetizing matches, and I know we'll all be locked in for that. Nadal, minus 2,000 against Gasquet. He's beaten him 17 times, all 17 times they've played, I should say. I don't know if there's anything too appetizing about watching that matchup again. We know what Nadal does. Two one-handed backhands. Rublev, Shapovalov, good luck betting that one. Rublev, minus 190. I mean, Dennis's best right now, in my opinion, is better than Andre's. Andre looked really good in round number two. Shapovalov was solid in sets three and four of his four set win against Carbeas Baina. You know, Shapovalov, the lefty serve slice wide to that Rublev backhand to get him stretched. And he does have the sort of weapons to force Rublev to be in the outer thirds of the court. Shapovalov's made six straight third rounds at the U.S. Open. The only player in the men's game you can say that about. <sighs> I mean, Dennis should win. I, like plus one fifty-five. Dennis is another underdog. I like on the day, but you just never know between those two. And God, they're going to hit the the crap out of the ball. So let's lock in for that one. And then I don't hate Musetti as a plus one sixty underdog against Ivashka, though Ivashka struck the ball extraordinarily well in his victory over Hubi Hurkats. Ivashka sixty-two point seven percent favorite according to Tennis Abstract. The closest matches on the day, of course, are the two we're betting on according to the Tennis Abstract draft. Uh, excuse me, singles forecast. They have Chilich a fifty-seven point two percent favorite over Dan Evans, Schwartzman a fifty-three percent favorite over Francis Tiafo. But with that said, that's day six at the 2022 U.S. Open. Of course, we will be back on the mini break podcast to recap it all on Saturday. Of course, a shout out as always to our super producer, Daniel Westoff, for the of an editing job he does day in, day out, making all of our content possible. You miss any of it, you can find it on our website, crackrackets.com, or for more immediate updates throughout the day, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. We are at Cracked Rackets. You want to message me directly, I am at AL Gruskin. And don't forget, go to the DraftKings. Sportsbook today. Use our promo code AOD. Place a $1 bet. Get $100 in free bets from there. With that said, for our super producer, Daniel Westoff, our friends at DraftKings, and from all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. May the odds be ever in your favor. Enjoy Saturday's tennis, folks.
Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 